What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing out there? Man, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Whatever time it is that you're listening to this episode, this is TJ, and I'm here again with another episode of The Soapbox. I want to thank you guys so much for your love and support. Y'all continue to keep pushing, keep striving, keep listening, and I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing to help support this movement. So, we're going to jump into this episode. We're not going to waste any more time. So, with no further ado, let's jump on in the episode. All right. Today, we're going to continue on with the leadership series. And, of course, you guys know, last week we talked about the law of the lid. Um, This week, we're going to move on to the second law that Maxwell outlines. Um, Again, I want to stress you guys like I have before. If you are in any type of leadership position and you want to be able to build yourself into a better leader, to a great leader for the people that are under you and are working for you and are looking up to you, then I would encourage you to invest some time into Maxwell's work. So today's law. The second law is called the law of influence. And this law states very simply that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. Maxwell does a phenomenal job of explaining this law, both in written form as well as inside of his videos. But we're going to try to connect this law to what you've learned so far from our previous lesson. So think of it like this. Like we stated last week, if potential capacity is the limit that your leadership has, then influence would actually be what we measure that potential on. So you have to understand that in order to increase your leadership potential, you have to increase your influence. But just like anything else, we have to dispel some myths that come along with what people think about leadership. And Maxwell articulates a few myths. And then I actually have a few others that are thrown into the mix that we need to make sure that we clarify. So the first myth that we need to go ahead and get rid of right now, there is the myth of title. There are many people out there who feel like once they have a title, that they're a leader. That is such a superficial, surface-level understanding of leadership. Let me make something very clear to you guys. You can have whatever title you want to have. You can be anything from superintendent, president, CEO, general manager. But the truth of the matter is your title means little to nothing when it comes down to the effectiveness of what you do and the operation you are tied to. Think about it. Every major business that has failed has had leaders. Every organization out there that has crumbled has had a owner, a CEO. 
Many times we run into people who hold titles, but they know absolutely nothing about leading the people that gave them these titles. And yes, I dare say that the people give you the title you have. I mean, anybody can run out there and buy a company if they have the money. As a matter of fact, many of you that are listening right now could literally leave your home, go to any location that will allow you to be able to do so and lead them by title. But the title is just that. It's just a name. There has to be more substance. And that's why influence is so important. But then there are those who fall into the second myth. And that is the myth that position is what makes the leader. So understand, I could be the assistant superintendent of the location that I work at. That gives me a certain position in the ranking structure of our facility. But that means absolutely nothing if I lack the influence necessary to make things happen that need to happen. See, people get so caught up in the fight for hierarchy. I've got to be at this level. I've got to be at that level. I've got to move this person out the way. I've got to climb over this person until you get to a point where all you seem to be doing is running someone down so that you can get up. But once you get to that level, what are you doing with it? How are you influencing the company that you're responsible for, that you owe? So title is just a title, just a name. Position is just a spot. It's just a location. It's just one notch on the ladder, and it doesn't indicate anything other than potential. The third myth that people tend to fall into a lot is this myth that the most educated individual should be or is the leader. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. You can read every book in the world. You can learn every equation there is to know, every scientific formula that exists. You can know the ins and the outs of how things run, but without influence, your knowledge is just your own understanding. See, I've said this before, and we're going to dig into this later on in a different law, but please understand that people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. The people that work under you, the people that you're supposed to be leading, they don't care how much you know if you're not influencing them in the right direction. You can be the smartest person in the world, but if you're guiding them down a road that they see is destructive, or if you're approaching them in a way that is harsh and is rash and aggressive, they don't care if what you're saying is the truth. They don't care if what you're saying is rooted in understandings that they should know. All they care about is how you are influencing them at that particular moment. I know people that I have worked with throughout my life on different levels, personal, professional, event, job, and they can literally say the exact same thing to me that another person says to me. And I get a whole different, totally different feeling from one person's statement to the next. And I am more willing to follow the guidance of one versus the other. Now, am I saying that everybody has to operate the same? No, I'm not. But what I am saying is that your influence is affected 
not so much on how much you know, but a lot bearing on how you deliver what you know. Now, am I saying that you shouldn't be knowledgeable? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, I explained that last week, that that is an attribute that has to be exploited so that you can grow your lid, so that you can grow your potential capacity. But understand your knowledge base alone is not enough to convince anyone that they should simply follow you, especially when they're able to stand back and watch how you do what you do. Then there's this myth of connection. Now, we all live in 2021. We all understand that there are people in the world today, and there have been throughout all of history, that have gained their titles and their positions from their connections. I know the most famous saying that everybody loves to say is, it's not about what you know, but who you know. And the sad part about our existence is that this actually becomes a reality more often than not. Most times, people see it and they don't say anything to the individuals who made these choices. But you can hear the conversation throughout the workplace, throughout the church, throughout the event, and you know that for a certain group of people, they have understood that this individual who has gotten this position did not deserve the position, but they achieved the position because of who they knew. Now, ladies and gentlemen, while that may be a simple way to catapult in position and title, that does not give you influence. As a matter of fact, there are so many people who have titles and positions because of people they knew and they were able to look out for them, but they don't hold the ear of the people under them. That is because they have lost influence. Now, Maxwell also highlights two other major myths. One is the myth of the entrepreneur. And that is because I was good enough, smart enough, wise enough, maybe connected enough and had enough finances to develop a new business, a new venture, that now that I have done this, I'm a leader. That is absolutely absurd. First off, being an entrepreneur is an outstanding feat, but is a singular feat. You did that yourself. You didn't lead anybody. You didn't influence anybody that is under you. You basically created the outfit of a situation that was geared towards something you wanted to do. It's a magnificent, triumphant event, but it is only that event in your singular life. Until you start to incorporate people into your business or into your venture, and you start to lead these people and influence these people, then you have not demonstrated that you understand the law of influence at all. And therefore, you are not entitled to call yourself a good leader. The second one that Maxwell highlights is similar to the entrepreneur, and it's the pioneer. Because there are some people who feel like they are the first to do this and the first to do that. And that entitles them to be called leader. That, again, 
is a huge misconception because just because you were the first person to do something doesn't mean that you're the best person to do it. It also doesn't mean that you hold some type of monopoly over the control of how this something is done. So we have to wipe those myths out of our heads because they, they pollute the understanding of what it means to be a good leader. See, the bottom line is without influence, you cannot lead effectively. I mean, let's make this clear. People in positions, people with titles, they can bark directives. They can give instruction to the people below them. And for a split second, you might actually consider that leadership. But remember what I said to you guys in the last lesson. Supervisors direct. They police. A leader that is simply leading by title and title alone, all he's doing is supervising. All he's doing is managing a situation, giving directives. But a true leader influences his people. A true leader makes his people want to grow without having to be told to. See, influence causes people to do things without actually having to be told to do it. Influence causes people to think along the lines of what is the most prosperous way to approach a situation, plan it out and, and deal with it strategically without having to have some type of roadmap that is drawn out specifically by their supervision. Influence causes people to flow with the direction that you are giving without even noticing that they are bypassing everything else. See, when I first became a sergeant, this was a long time ago, one of the guys that was mentoring me told me, he said, your biggest issue, your biggest challenge is going to be getting your people to buy into your system. That's the biggest challenge. And you can't achieve that challenge without influence. But now influence is tricky because influence shifts, which is why so many people that write about leadership, that write about the mastermind and understanding how to be successful in a world where you have to lead others, tell you all the time, stop trying to be the smartest person in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, let me make something absolutely clear. This goes for everybody that is living in the world. You will not be good at everything. Let me make that absolutely clear again. You will not be good at everything. There are some things that you will just not be able to do, or you may be able to do them, but just not as good as you need to. This is the reason why. It is so vitally important to surround yourself with people who are good at varying things. You don't need to surround yourself with people who are good at the same stuff. You need to surround yourself with people who are good at a multitude of things if you are trying to be a good leader. Remember, we're having this discussion in the framework of leadership. So the team that you have developed, the team that you lead, these individuals need to be knowledgeable and great, but great at specific things. Everybody doesn't need to be a clone of the other. You don't need to cookie cut your group of people that you supervise. 
But this goes even deeper because the truth of the matter is there is a clear confusion in the world today between power and influence. So to paint this picture for you, I'm going to give you an imagery. I'm going to give you something to think about to help build this understanding in your mind. So imagine that you are the owner of a company and you produce a particular product. Now, listen, this isn't just any company. You have literally put your blood, sweat, and tears into this company. You've given it all the financial backing. You've built the name, the brand, the labels. You've done everything that there is to do to build this. At this point, it would be fair to say that you have a certain power level in this company. I mean, it is yours. You own it. You built it. Now, let's throw a wrinkle into the mix. So let's say your company is operating at peak performance and you decide that you are going to employ a selective group of mid-level managers that are going to help you grow the company and move the company into a new era as it continues to blossom. Well, for the sake of conversation, let's say one of the individuals that you employ is named Joe. And Joe appears to have the ear of the team. Usually the team kind of sways whatever way Joe sways. Joe tends to communicate with the team relatively well, almost, if not, better than you do. Joe appears to have a large level of influence over the team and the team's decisions. So it's safe to say that ultimately you have the power, you own the company, but Joe has the influence. And despite how much power you have, the real success of this company is predicated on Joe and how Joe feels and how Joe decides to approach any situation. Now, I know right now there's somebody listening to this podcast and they're saying, well, shoot, I own the company. I'll just fire Joe. And you could. You very well could fire Joe. However, what does that truly say about your ability to lead if you're going to cut the head off of everyone who comes into your business that has a certain level of influence? See, if you're truly concerned with the success of your company, then you want to make sure that you have the best assets available at your disposal. So you can't just go around firing people once you start to feel threatened by their ability to manipulate or maneuver or influence the constituency that's there. But that's not even the biggest problem. See, the biggest problem is, is that for some reason, people like to flaunt their power in negative way. Think about it. In some of your minds, you said your solution to that problem would be get rid of Joe. But you're not alone. There are so many people in positions of power that make statements like, I can just get rid of them. I can fire them all. I can make their situation real rough. It's very sad that immediately when people begin to get power, they tend to want to use it in a way that hurts people instead of building them. You see, if you really want influence, then you have to invest in your people. 
You have to spend time getting to know them, grow them, understand why they do what they do, understand why everybody is listening to Joe. There's a reason. It's not because Joe's running around giving everybody $30 every week. It's not because Joe's got any different motivation than you do. But there's a reason. And you have to know. You have to invest that time. If you want to be a good leader, you have to invest time in understanding what influences your people. Because that influence is everything. If you want your potential capacity to grow, then you have to grow your ability to have influence over the individuals that you are supervising. Because make no mistake about it, you may be the owner, but whoever has the influence is the leader. So just like any other time, we have to solve the dilemma. How do we control influence? How do we fix this issue? Well, first, we have to recognize that we might not be able to control every situation. You see, because the the work environment is such a large environment, no matter where you work, whether you work at a fast food restaurant or whether you work at a multi-million dollar banking firm, ultimately, all locations have layers. And though you are the leader or the owner, you are not going to see everybody all the time. You cannot spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with your business in front of you or your constituencies in front of you. You're going to have to delegate a certain level of influence to other people. The main thing is, is you have to be secure in that delegation and understand that there is a clear level of communication between you and the individual who is in direct influence to the people that you are dealing with. The second one is key. You have to find, identify people inside of your operation that have influence and then influence them. See, you don't need to cut the head off of the individual who has the people's ear. You just have to make sure that you have that person's ear. See, that's the way this influence process works. You influence your next level supervision and they influence the people below. That is a trickle down effect that actually connects a direct line to you. If you have not established that, then you will lose the influence of your lower level staff because your mid level staff are literally guiding them the way that they want to without your intervention, without your knowledge. So you have to find those key individuals that are able to be effective and then ensure that that individual or those individuals are seeking guidance from you as the process continues on. The third thing that you need to do is gain trust because trust turns into influence. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say something about people who feel like they have arrived. Many times these individuals forget where they came from. Ultimately, if you were flipping burgers at McDonald's and some kind of way you gradually worked your way up to management status, you know what loses people more than anything else is when you get to a point where you feel like everything else is beneath you. 
People can't trust you like that. People can't put any faith in you when it seems like when your situation changes, you change. If you are at the highest level of any business, you should never be below doing any tasks that you would ask a subordinate to do. As a matter of fact, in my line of work every now and then, I'll get out and help my people do jobs that I haven't done since I was an officer. But what that shows your people is a level of dedication to assisting them and that you are not above anything that you ask them to do. That builds trust in you between you and your people. And that will allow people to connect with your overall objective and fight for you, even when you're not asking for it. The final thing that you need to do is approach your people with an attitude of solution and not an attitude of slaying. I'm telling you guys, it is vitally important that when you deal with your staff, when you deal with these people that you're leading, that you actually deal with these people on a level, one that they can understand. Let me tell you something that people hate more than anything else. A grown man or a woman hates to be talked to like they're a dog or an animal. They also hate to be talked to like they're a child. If you approach people with that type of angle, then they are going to turn off on you. Now, they might not come back at you aggressively, but understand that in your absence, they are not pleased with how you entertained this conversation with them how you gave them your directive. Now, let me make something absolutely clear because I know this is going through some people's heads too. You may be out there listening to me make that statement and you may have said in your mind, well, I am who I am and this is the way that I'm going to be. And that's fine. But understand, you will never be considered a good leader and you will never reach the height. You will never reach the peak that you are searching for. Because no one is going to take a chance at giving you the control of individuals if you are going to destroy them as you lead them. It is vitally important, ladies and gentlemen, that you gain influence over the people that you are in charge of. But in doing so, you can't abuse them. You can't abuse their situation. You can't treat them like trash. You can't treat them like dogs. You can't treat them like children unless they are. But influence matters. So one thing that we want to make sure that we stress, leadership is influence. Nothing more and nothing less. All right, well, that's all I got for you guys this week. That's law number two. Come on back next week. We'll have law number three. I'm telling you, this is going to be a great journey for those of you out there that are leaders. And I really want you to key in because as we get deeper into these laws, there's going to be some phenomenal understandings that Maxwell has really, really, really articulated well. Well, you guys take care. I love you, my soapboxers. Be good. Peace.